This is Josh Mills. Hey, and this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are excited to have not only you guys back with us, but Dad's back with us this week. Welcome Ooh, back, Dad. Yeah. So how was how was the trip? Oh, it's great. We can, we can talk about that some more later. All right. So was there a blind last week? You know, we had Seth come in last week and did a wine episode with us, and he did blind me, and I called it a what was it a Washington Washington Merlot. That's what I called it. So, okay. Dad, if Seth folded it up in an envelope, yeah. then Dad, Seth, what was Seth it? Seth show, showed me that it was a porch-pounding whiner. Okay. You know? Yeah. Remember that? I do remember that. And he said he was going to be uh, doing those on Sunday with crawdads being boiled up. That's right. The, yeah, that was, and so I tried that, but that was not the blind. <laughs> oh, that wasn't the blind? No, that, oh, was, well, that was just that's a beer the note, cocktail. That's the note he gave me. <laughs> okay. Chardon La Chanteron Bruguel Cabernet Franc. Yeah, it was a, okay, so it was a, it was a French Cabernet Franc from Loire, and I totally missed that one. <laughs> but anyway, so, but it was a good time to have Seth on. So, have you had a chance to listen to it yet? Yeah, I have. Yes. So what did you Sounds think? Sounds really good. You guys had a good time. Oh, yeah. We had a great time. He's a good jokester, too. <laughs> yes, he is. And I always read his article, and uh, it's always in Wednesday, and Wine Wednesday at Colonial. Uh, Mom went out there and spent uh, about $150 for seven bottles that uh, good old Seth recommended, and we're going to have a party, I guess. Oh, yeah. So the week that we're recording this, the article that Seth put out was for foreign rosés. And mom loves mom loves rosés. Absolutely. So she went out and bought those. But the uh, so remember, it's the it's the bottle shots, bottle shots uh, column here for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. And Seth was on it. But anyway, enough about last week. Dad, what are we doing this week? We're doing beers. We're doing what we call foreign beers. And so I picked a beer from Iceland. It's the Unstadt Toasted Porter. Okay, great. That sounds delicious. And what are your snacks to go with it? Well, I have Dots homemade pretzels and walnuts. I couldn't really figure out exactly what I wanted for the saltiness of of the tasting. Okay. And then I did Orster Rarebit. Oh, you're going to love it, Josh. I know you will. I bet I will. And then a flourless chocolate cake with Arkansas strawberries. They're in. Oh, yeah. Joanne went out there and stood in line for 30 minutes wearing her mask. And she got two flats and actually two more quarts. We've got strawberries. Ooh, they're so good. Yeah, so Arkansas strawberries are a big thing. It's kind of like if you're from Louisiana, Pontchartrain strawberries. They are Arkansas strawberries right now are perfectly ripe and because of that i picked a beer kind of based on that i'm doing the samuel smith organic strawberry fruit ale okay from, Sam- from samuel smith kind of bringing the strawberry strawberry flavor without actually having any and then i'm doing a sharp white cheddar some pork pot stickers and pommiers Ooh, that sounds good yeah it's gonna be really it's gonna be a really good time so well, I think. Now, I heard you and Seth going. Seth says, you think your dad will be drinking any rum? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yes, he's definitely. We're in the islands. It's rum. And in fact, in my notes, 
there's a special kind of juice that we buy at the grocery store mm-hmm. to mix it up. It's called the, I forget the exact name of it, comes in a carton and it mixes. It's called tropical juice. It mixes up, and I just use Old Bacardi. You can't beat it. In the islands, a liter of Bacardi is $14. Oh my goodness. If you want the clear stuff, it's $11. And so, oh, I think uh, I brought a little bit back, but uh, <laughs> I bet you we, did. we bought two liters. <laughs> oh, wow. Between two, the two of us. <laughs> two liters coming back. Yeah. Nice. Well, no, two liters didn't come back. That's what we drank in two weeks. <laughs> oh, you drank two liters in two <laughs> yeah. weeks? Man, a liter of rum a week. What a vacation. Well, and Joanne drank some gin and I drank some scotch. We better quit talking about being alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get the wrong idea. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about liquor, but it's a it's a beer week. That's right. It's a beer week. It's a beer week. We better get back to the beer. All right. So we're gonna go ahead and we'll start with my beer since it's on the lighter side. And once again, my beer is the Samuel Smith's organic handcrafted strawberry fruit ale. And so this is for, and it's actually from England. So the Sam Smith Brewery is up, up in Yorkshire. I make I had to make sure I didn't say Yorkshire. Oh I, yeah, they then get I would you. get made fun of again. By oh yeah, the, absolutely, by absolutely. But no, it's from Yorkshire, England, and it's actually Sam Smith's is the oldest brewery in Yorkshire. It's still operating. It's been going since 1758. Oh wow. So we'll talk a little bit more about Sam Smith and then how this beer is actually crafted in a little bit. But let's go ahead and get into it. I'm getting thirsty. Well, it does have a orange auburn kind of color. So I guess that's some from the strawberries. Yeah. And then uh, you can't really see through it, no. but it's got a beautiful color and it's got a white head. And I can smell the. Oh, I can, smell, I can smell those strawberries before, on the nose. Oh, before goodness. you even get it to get it to your face, you can oh, kind of smell the strawberries. And it's so. This is actually they use strawberry, organic strawberry juice from concentrate, and then or, strawberry, organic strawberry juice. So this is actually a one hundred percent organic and vegan friendly beer. All right. So All right. they use organic malt, organic barley, to make the beer. Now, depending depending on your definition, how strict you are as a vegan, it can't be vegan because it has yeast in it. That's right. Depending on depending on where you stand in that, if you're if you're a vegan, but it's definitely vegetarian. Well, it doesn't have any wheat, so you're good for that. Right, and it's it's weird. Like on the website, they actually talk about it being like certified vegan. I don't or know what that means. I don't, do you? I don't really know what that means either. But it was posted on the website for all the beers, so. I think it's one of the things where, you know, some of the older beers and some of the beer processing, when you go to filter beer, you use filters that are made from like fish bladders or fish intestines. So they're not using that, I think is what they're kind of oh, what that marking is. Uh, that would make sense. That would make sense. I saw you taste some. Tell me what you think. Oh, man. It, it's such a good mouthfeel. It's very coating. It's creamy. And like every, every smell every taste you have is you've got those strawberries i mean it's it's quite uh aromatic with the strawberries yeah. i thought it would be much lighter no no because i've ha- i've had other beers that had fruit in them and you have to you have to really smell and taste and go where is it where is it yeah not this one this yeah. was very fruit forward 
And we usually say that about a wine. Right. This beer is fruit forward. Yeah, this beer is definitely, they're not hiding the strawberry at all. They're not, it, it, it is meant to be in your face strawberry. And they do this with cherry, raspberry, and apricot as well. Oh, wow. And the ra- I've had the raspberry, and the raspberry is very, very delicious. But one of the things, like with this, with this, I almost said wine. But with this beer. Well, I said fruit forward, so yeah, you were thinking wine. You did. Sorry uh, about that. No, it's okay. Well, one of the things with this beer is I get, like you said, that strawberry, but it's like a like really fresh strawberry jam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not quite like biting into a fresh strawberry. It's even when they're perfectly in season, it's a little bit more sweet. Mm-hmm. It has that wonderful jam texture. And then the back end of the beer is a nice, big, rich, malty kind of feel so it's almost like you have really good toasted bread with a layer of you know melted melted butter and big strawberry jam on it and i just i think it's absolutely now you said it was from concentrate so they add in add in strawberry juice and strawberry concentrate yes yeah okay but it's all organic all right all right i wonder if when they started if they had bottles explode like i did when i was doing some of my first (laughs) Fruit well, I mean, I bet they probably they might have, but so well, they they put it in kegs, so they don't they don't have a problem. <laughs> kegs right. don't blow up. Well, we'll uh we'll get into some of the the pairings first. So we've got a, a sharp cheddar cheese, and then we have some pork pot stickers that I did from Frozen and palmiers. Now palmiers, go ahead and go ahead and start eating, Dad. You're starting with cheese. Yeah, right? I would start with the cheese. Now, Palmiers, for those of you that don't know, is a puff pastry, kind of des- a dessert item. Or it can go sweet, it can go savory. In this aspect, we have them savory, but it's kind of like rolled up puff pastry in a, it looks like a heart shape, but Palmier mm-hmm. actually means elephant. That's right, elephant, elephant ear. ears. So mm-hmm. it kind of looks like two elephant ears are put together with this, and it's really sweet, lots of sugar. I think it's going to go well. It's one of my favorite things to eat with fresh strawberries. That's right. So that was why I chose to do it with. So we're going to have to do a shout out for your mom. Oh, yes. Our sous chef, our podcast sous chef, actually did the flourless chocolate cake and the pommiers. So yeah. she was in she was in the kitchen for, oh, over an hour. Yeah. Doing that hard work. Of course, we'll both reap the benefit right <laughs> oh yeah and i'm sure i'm sure there'll be leftovers for her to eat as well well she made some of the pommiers and into like a, a fruit cup so you could put those strawberries and ice cream on it oh yeah it's it's one of my favorite things to do with fresh strawberries with that cheese you know i'm getting the nuttiness from the cheese and i'm get that earthy earthiness what type cheese did you say it was it's a sharp cheddar yeah okay it's not an extra sharp no like a super okay. super char- sharp yeah. it's just a regular okay. But I'm getting the earthiness from from the cheese, and now I'm kind of getting the sweetness of of the fruit and the earthy and nuttiness from the cheese. And they're, you know, they're just a good pairing. Yeah. You know, I have never had a cheese and jam sandwich before. What? But I've heard it's a really popular thing mm-hmm. in England. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of reminds me, or this is what I would expect a jam and a cheese and jam sandwich to taste like. Yeah. Because it has that, like you said, it has that richness of the cheese. It's got the fullness of the 
the beer behind it and then the bright sweet strawberry and i i really like this pairing and for the listener's sake i was telling josh that as soon as joanne got home with the strawberries it's like lunchtime so i made me a peanut butter open-faced double sandwich with sliced strawberries on top of the peanut butter and it's this is almost the same taste with the nuttiness of that cheese right so i think you could do the exact same thing like you're describing Mm -hmm. it just gets you some cracker or bread and take that cheese and then layer in some strawberries and then drink this beer with it yeah it'd be really it'd be really good so but like i said earlier this is from it's from samuel smith brewing and samuel smith's regular brewery where they do like the toddy the toddy porter the oatmeal stout the chocolate stout all that stuff they do a nut brown too don't yeah they, they do a nut yeah, brown as I well that nut brown. and all those are brewed at yorkshire's oldest brewery okay um in in yorkshire it's about it's funny so it's it's equal distant from london and edinburgh so it's three three hours and 45 minutes away from both hmm. so if you go to scotland or you go to london you know you could take a day trip down and go to one of their pubs or one of their or go to their brewery and try it out now the fruit ales that they do are actually brewed at a different place oh okay they're brewed at melbourne bros all saints brewery oh, okay in in stamford england so it's in kind of the same area now are they growing their own fruit it didn't say yeah it didn't say anything about the fruit. i wouldn't doubt that they are it'd be hard i think it'd be guess, hard to make well, it make it into concentrate they're probably buying the concentrate yeah they are a lot further north than we are especially organic Mm-hmm. Especially organic concentrate, but the brewery itself is actually steam powered. Mm. It dates back to eighteen, or at least the steam powered part dates back to eighteen twenty five. And when they took it over, they redid all the steam, mm. all the steam equipment. So it's actually still a steam brewed, a steam powered brewery. All right, with some things that are actually you know hand, that are actually uh, hand operated. Mm-hmm. And so this is technically a sour beer. So we, okay. if, if we think yeah. back to our sour episode where we talk about how they get fruit sours and those mm-hmm. type of things, this is one of those types of beers where they make the ale from the organic barley, the organic wheat, yeast strains that have been going back, you know, I think to the 1800s. They've been using the same yeast strain. Right. And... That just amazes me how they do that. Oh yeah, and the mat, the I mean, the mash turn is 142 years old. It's still steam powered, and wow, to get the to get the mash into the mash turn, it's actually a, a manual hand crank that you have to use. Oh, There's a picture of it on the website. It's really cool. <laughs> oh, wow. And so they brew the beer normally, and then they cool it down, and they add a second yeast to sour it. And mm. then they open for a minute in a footer, in a wood footer. Wow. To get the souring. And then after that, that's when they add that strawberry flavor. Mm-hmm. So whereas in a lot of strawberry ales that we're used to around here, like Diamond Bears, Little Red, mm-hmm. and some of the other ones. Strawberry Blonde. Well, no, it's it's got a new name. I know. It's the it's the Little Red now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Street. That's right. Uh and some of those other fruit ales like Abita's and I think everybody's starting to do a strawberry ale now. 
those are actually, from my understanding, the strawberry, the fruit flavor is actually added into the mash oh, really? when it's boiled. Oh, okay. Or near the end of the boil, kind of like you would add a hop to. I would say at the end. To add that. makes sense to me. To add that flavoring mm-hmm. into it. And that's why it's really, it's not as uh, potent as it is here, where th- it's actually right. added in after the beer is fully complete. Okay. To give it that taste and that extra. So this kind of brings up the sweetness from the sour. So that's so why it's when really I do balanced it, and it doesn't taste like a sour. Yeah, when I did to. it as a home brewer, I added it into the bucket as it's fermenting, just like you would dry hopping. Right. And that's and that's not how they make this. Right. One. Well, I'm just relating how that's different. So as far as the pot sticker and the sauce, you don't get a whole lot of sweetness out of the pot sticker. I mean, it is sweet. But when you add that sauce, that sauce is pretty sweet. And it goes with the beer. And, you know, the strawberry taste and the the sauce and the pot sticker, they're going well together. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure which, you know, we've only done two of the pairings so far. Right. Uh, they're running neck and neck right now. But, yeah, they're both good. So, tell us a little bit they're, more. Neither one of them have any sour characteristics or, or you know, w- these are like and like mm-hmm. in my mind. All right. So, you said you made a fruit beer when you were home brewing? Yeah. And you mentioned something about it exploding. <laughs> the first time. Sounds like it, there's yeah. a story there about well, yeah, you put your fruit in and, you know, that acidity of the fruit and and just the the yeast and when you when you're a home brewer and you start to bottle it, you tend to bottle it sometimes too soon. You think the the gravity has dropped enough that it's that it doesn't have enough sugar left. Right. But in the case of the fruit, it's still got lots of sugar left. You close it up in the bottle with a cap, and then it just, it's continuing to ferment. With the sugars from the fruit. From, yes, from the sugars and the fruit. And so what's it doing? It's making CO2. (laughs) So where's that CO2 going to go? It can't go anywhere unless it blows that cap or blows the glass up. Right. And that's what happens. Okay. Yeah, so that would be another way, you know, if I'd be interested if any home brewers out there are doing any ales like this. Where it comes I'm in sure. at the where it comes in at the end after, you know, you're fully you're fully gone through the entire process and then you're adding the fruit. I wonder I'm just I mean I, I don't think they you know, the more professional ones could. Yeah. You know, the amateur like I was at the time I was blowing up blew up the bottles. Yeah. I mean, I learned afterwards that it's like, okay, the normal two weeks of fermenting doesn't work when you put that fruit in there. Right. You need another two weeks probably. <laughs> or more. Oh, wow. Yeah, so this is... Because as a home brewer, you're in a hurry to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're ready, to, you're ready to get to that end product for you to, for you to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So with the, for me, the pot sticker, I really like because... Kind of like you said, it adds a different, it adds kind of a different kind of sweetness. So the, the dipping sauce we have is kind of a mixture of teriyaki and a, a slightly spicy uh, Asian style sauce. 
mm-hmm. which are going to have a level of sweetness, but it's also going to have that uh, earthy umami kind of flavor to it. And these are pork because I think pork and strawberry play really well together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I actually just had one of the pot stickers without without the sauce and the there green, is sweetness there. Well, the green onion that's in there mm-hmm. and the pork mm-hmm. and the strawberry just kind mm-hmm. of gave a whole a whole new balance to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas kind of like you said, it is it is a like it's not really a contrasting mm-hmm. pairing. And there's you know, we're not going after acid here. And I think it it, it brought it it brought the sweetness of the beer down and kind of left just a light, nice fruitiness right. to it. Uh-huh. So did you like the pot sticker with the sauce and the beer or without the sauce and the beer the best? Um, I actually kind of like it with the sauce. Yeah, me because too. Because the sauce is sweet mm-hmm. and it actually brings out more of the tartness. Mm-hmm. Of the beer than its sweetness. Right. So it kind of gives it that soury feel. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know. So in that a, way, it's a little bit of a contrast. Well, no. So what it is, is it's two likes hitting each other. And like we've talked about before, if if one isn't sweeter, if, you're, if your drink isn't sweeter than your food, your drink's going to taste, tar- taste That's right. bitter. Yeah. So you got the two likes hitting each other and one of them has to take over. And then, so you might get a little bitter, right, from one or the other. So that's kind of what it's bringing. Yeah. So the Pommier, have you tried that? No, I haven't yet. You know what? These Pommiers might need some Arkansas strawberries. Well, I think there's the the point of the pairing, Dad, was the strawberries in your glass. Uh huh. That was the point of the pairing. Was All the right. Strawberries All right. in the glass. Right. I stand correct. And I mean, yes, you can we can, you can add strawberries to it if you want. It's just that was the 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 play of the pairing. Okay, was to go for that. So maybe in the time, or maybe people can't who can't get Arkansas strawberries might be able to have a little bit of appreciation of what we of what why we rave about it a little bit. That's absolutely correct. So a little bit more about Sam Smith as a brewer as a brewery, mm-hmm. you know, with their other stuff, they. They stick very traditional to to things that were done a long time ago. They still have the the big stone uh, fermenters that they use. They're called the mm-hmm. Yorkshire Stones mm-hmm. or Yorkshire Square Stone. Mm. They're big, really big. They reminded me of uh, fermenters that you'll see, big open fermenters that you would see in a distillery, where it's got a full oh, open yeah. distilling, but mm-hmm. it's in a it's in a stone square, and They've been doing that ever since the brewery started. They're still using the same yeast strain back from the 1800s. Now, are they letting some airborne yeast in at the same time? Yes, so that's what it sounds they'll like. Let, they'll let some of it, but they're also they'll also I mean, they have their own. Yeah, they're inoculating with their normal yeast strain. That's amazing that that yeast strain's that old. Well, you know, a lot of brewers will continue to cultivate it. And if you're coming from a place that does open top natural fermentation, you can mm-hmm. take that stuff from the air right. and cultivate it and just keep it going. They use they use mostly English varieties of hops. Mm-hmm. They still use copper mash turns when they're doing their boiling. And for their oak, or their oak matured beers, not only are they, they doing that, in house 
They're also making and repairing the barrels in-house. They have a full-time cooper that works there, or full-time coopers that take care of the barrels for their barrel condition. And it sounded like a lot of their beers go through kind of a, a neutral oak conditioning. Okay. For a lot of their beers. Now, it's, they're all, they all, most of their beers seem to be ales. Okay, you sure. Know, going through the old, warm, warm style process. That's what I would think. But they're really good beers. If you, if you haven't had a chance to have any Sam Smith beers, definitely go out and, and get you one, get you some because they are, they are very good. And they're very solid. I've, I've never beers. reached out to this, to the fruit beers. I've always just looked for, for their nut brown. Mm hmm. And I've always grabbed it when I was looking for it. And now I'm going to have to <laughs> say, okay, which do I want? And now that I've had the strawberry, I'm, that raspberry that you were describing sounded wonderful. The rat. So first time I had this, you know, my friend Jordan and I got a couple beers, drove down to one of our food trucks that's parked in town mm-hmm. with some chairs, got a couple burgers, and I was going to do that tonight, but the, the timing wasn't right for the pairing. Uh-huh. And... Popped open a couple beers, opened our lawn chairs, and just ate in this parking lot where the where the food truck was, and we were both blown away. Mm-hmm. And the the raspberries, honestly, it's better than the strawberry. Oh, okay, if you especially if you like raspberry. So, what do you think of the palm? Is beers? it more fruity? So it's more, more fruit forward, or so just the taste. It's more like you're eating a fistful of raspberries. Okay. It's more, it's almost more true to the raspberry flavor that you get from straight raspberries. Mm-hmm. Whereas you can definitely tell that this is strawberry concentrate. Especially mm-hmm. if you eat a lot of strawberries or you eat a lot of like really fresh local strawberries. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, they're both delicious. Well, now the Pommier and I totally stand corrected. You're absolutely correct. You know, I probably will sneak some strawberries on top of it later when this beer is gone but with the beer now and the pommier and the strawberry of the beer it's perfect i mean it's just like maybe i put some strawberries on it because mm-hmm. that like we've already said several times this beer is so forward with that fruit that the pommier and the beer it's like you had the pommier without the beer but with strawberries yeah and it's doing exactly what I want. Exactly like you said. It's that strawberry plays into it. You know, the the palmiers are a little bit sweeter, are sweeter than the beer. So you get a little bit of that nice tartness and freshness that you would get from having real fresh strawberries. And I think it's fantastic. I would I would have this for dessert in the dead of winter when I can't get strawberries, rather than having oh yeah out of season strawberries. Well, and even frozen strawberries in, that's in your freezer, that they, they just don't taste right. They're strawberries. Right. And they taste like strawberries. But they don't have that real fruity, juicy strawberry flavor. And this beer has that juicy flavor. All right, I'm going to do one extra pairing. <laughs> so Dad's got strawberries on his plate, so I'm going to try the strawberries with the strawberry beer. Because... I was curious how it would taste because fresh strawberries are very different than the strawberry that's presented in this beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think? It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really do anything. I mean, it's just that tart strawberry. I mean, it just tastes like strawberry. There's nothing 
wow about it. So, well, you have any other questions about this before we switch over to the... Well, they must have a whole group of beers that I'm not really familiar with because I'm not familiar with this one. And then the raspberry one you described. I mean, do, do you have a list there? Of how many they have? Or So, when I was looking, they probably have close to 20, 20 to 30 different beers that they do. Now, here in the States... I don't know how many we have. I've only ever seen the raspberry, the strawberry, the nut brown, the chocolate stout, the imperi- uh, the oatmeal stout, and I think that's it. Okay. I think those are the only ones that I've seen from them here in the States. I could be wrong, or at least those are the ones that I remember yeah, seeing. Yeah, the only ones I've had is the, the stouts and the nut brown, that kind of thing. Okay. That's where I gravitate anyway. Right. All right, well. You ready to move over a little bit? Yeah, I'm ready to go ahead and switch over to the, the Einstock. So, remind it's everybody. Actually, it's actually called Einstock with the little little symbol. And it actually means unique in Icelandic. Okay. So, I learned something there. So, tell us again what, what beer you're doing and what your pairings are. So, it is the Einstock Hosted Porter. And they say, don't be afraid of the dark. That's kind of their catch thing on this beer. Because mm-hmm. it is tremendously different in color from yours. Oh, yeah. It's black. It is black. And it's like a black is beautiful stout. It's uh, 6% ABV mm-hmm. and 45 IBUs. I'll tell you what I did. About the pairings. So I, I have on the plate some walnuts, some dots pretzels, some oyster rarebit, and then the flourless chocolate cake. Now, I picked the flourless chocolate cake because when Josh and I worked together on Argento Acquired Tastings, we did a tasting for some people. It was a, actually a fundraiser. I can't remember how much money we raised, but it was a pretty good little amount. We did eight beers, so we like we started in Little Rock, and the eighth stop or the seventh stop was in Iceland, and we did this beer, and we did it with a flourless chocolate cake. So there was an eighth beer getting us back to Arkansas, and so I wanted to do that same flourless chocolate cake because I knew that would work. Yeah. The other thing that I thought about. So when you go on the when you go on any website about food pairings with porters or stouts, typically what comes up is you know barbecue, steak. You get some seafood. And when I was in Iceland and I had this beer, I had some smoked salmon. I'm out of smoked salmon right now. Otherwise, I might have done that. But I wanted to reach over and do something a little less traditional. Mm-hmm. I thought, first thought about just doing a cheese pairing and an appetizer and then found this recipe and I kind of admitted to it a little bit. It's Welsh rabbit, but with oysters. 
And the reason I wanted to add oysters is because oysters is something you can find in Iceland. Oh, okay. And if you think about Iceland, you know, there's wonderful water, clean, clean water from glaciers, clean, clean water from the rivers. And so they have some of the cleanest water in the world. And so that's kind of how I put the pairing together to have different choices. So we can start with the pretzels or the walnuts, and that's kind of a salty thing to taste. And then, you know, the rarebit really is the same kind of cheese sauce you make like when I made the hot brown. Okay. But this time I had the I have the oysters, and this time because it's rarebit, you have Worcestershire sauce. Okay. So I'd say that'd be second, and of course the chocolate cake's last. Yeah, cool. So this beer, like Dad said, is a it's really dark. It is a dark black beer. No light really kind of comes through it as you're looking at it. It's got a nice kind of creamy, cream-colored head to it. Still good bit of head on it. We poured these about, you know, 40 minutes ago and it's, uh, it's looking, it's still looking real good. And the smell of it, you get, you get just this like roasty, toasty, almost campfire kind of smell with that light, like sweetness to it. It's almost like you're toasting like a toasted marshmallow or marshmallow is kind of charred on there. Right. You get that really good, you get that really good toasty note. Like toffee, taffy, chocolate dark chocolate yeah definitely dark chocolate or even just like almost like coffee almost like roasting coffee that's one of the tastes you get and it uses uh munich and coffee malts so that's where you're getting a lot of that coffee from or pardon me i said coffee i meant to say chocolate malt Mm -hmm. and it has bavarian hops which is very authentic iceland and then it has authentic Iceland coffee that they use. Okay, so they actually put coffee in it. Yeah. Now that That's new to me. I've never made a beer where you put coffee in. Right. But I don't see why you couldn't. Yeah. And the strange thing is... Wait, you haven't had a coffee beer? No, I've had a coffee oh, beer. Okay. I've never made a coffee beer. Okay, I was about to say, I was like, wait a minute. Right. So they have... It says they have used... Uh, they're talking about this coffee, and it's using their century-old brewing tradition. But then another place I saw that beer was outlawed till 1989 in Iceland. So well, I'm not real sure what's going on here with their story. Well, just because something's outlawed doesn't mean it's not <laughs> exactly <being> it's made. <laughs> well, it's like prohibition. A, it's in like the our States. yeah. It's like our. <laughs> It's like our prohibition whiskeys that we did a few weeks ago. Right. And so, and you know, I bet it, it may have even been, been, I'm sure there was probably brewing before it became illegal. Mm-hmm. Just like it kind of was around here. You know, I like porters. They're mm-hmm. typically higher in alcohol than your stouts. You know, it's like, remember Guinness? It was like four point four i think right but the hops the ibus was about the same as this one but the but the abv is six percent on this one right well and the taste of this 
the taste of this one is it's really good as well. You know, you have like like we talked about, you have all those like roasty coffee, deep dark flavors, and there's not really a whole lot of like yeast presence. The bitterness is like kind of just a bitter coffee that you get in there. Exactly. Surprised they don't talk about this as being a coffee porter because that I mean I just think that would sell. Well, I, I I think they've called it a toasted porter, and they you know they're not going to change the name now that they've named it. I, I understand that, and you're right that you know the hip thing might be to you know to call it a coffee porter, and right. people go, oh, I want that, I want that. Right, you know it's it's got a pretty thin. You know, I'm working from home. I'm drinking my coffee porter. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So it's got a it's got a thin kind of mouthfeel to it you know it's pretty pretty light on the mouth it's not real big coating i would say that the the fruit ale we had earlier is more coating than the porter what do you think about that i think you're right now I'm sure this is an ale mm-hmm. right because most porters are so yeah that means they're warm fermented now i looked at their website and i didn't see a whole lot of loggers let me get back to that. Well, lagers are more difficult to make and they take longer. Well, they've got cold. You know, they're in the cold country. But they take longer. Than well, that's true. And if you're doing it in a controlled environment, you know, you can't just throw it outside in a cave anymore. Well, that's true, too. So on their on their beer list, they have a white ale. I've had that. It's, it's really good. It's really good. They have a triple hopped beer no thank you <laughs> right and then they have you know the porter so they call that triple hot the arctic pale ale <laughs> the see there's my pale ale thing there's yeah. my problem yeah <laughs> so that should be an ipa okay and then they have a wee heavy so we know what that is that's a scottish ale type summer ale a celebration beer for the holidays everybody's doing that nowadays right yeah and then uh, you know they have they have one that uh, I I'd like to understand more about this one. They call it the winter ale, and they say it has spruce, hand cut spruce. So my friend in Norway, he makes beer. Oscar, Oscar, mm-hmm. I hope you're listening, Oscar. I'm talking about you. He made made a juniper beer, and this was. I don't know how many years ago he made that one. But a lot of people would think, okay, he's taking the juniper berries, which is what you use for gin. Yep. But no, he's using the juniper bush and using that as his as his fermenting and it was it was really good and man it was it was you talk about pine salt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you <laughs> are literally using pine. Well, spruce. <laughs> juniper. Spruce and juniper are both types of pine. Yeah. They're in the pine family. Yeah. They're both pine bushes or pine trees. Have you, okay, let's let's try some of the pairing. So I've, yeah, I've gone ahead and done the dots and the walnuts. Uh-huh. So the spiciness of the... So dots have a little bit of spiciness to them. And if you can't... <laughs> You can't find dots. I'm sorry, but they are a kind of a pretzel that's got a 
kind of a dried mustard and spicy kind of dusting on them. And it goes okay with the porter. The spiciness of the of the dot kind of kills out the beer, mm. in my opinion. But the walnut, the walnut's really good. Walnuts are, you know, more kind of fatty, rich, fatty kind of rich nut. And it kind of helps bring some body to the beer and the saltiness of the of the walnuts kind of brighten the beer a little bit. But it, to me, it mostly brings in kind of that mouthfeel piece mm-hmm. that I think the beer is, is uh, lacking on a little bit. I agree with you on the dots. I wanted to try it because I was wondering what that that spiciness of the dots with the beer would do, and it did exactly what you described. Right. It's kinda, it just kind of killed it. Killed it out. So we'll X that off on our pairing list, right? <laughs> well, no, not, not. I wouldn't say you need to exit off. It's just understanding that if you, if you're going to have this, this might happen. You know, it might kill right. out the beer, and you know the dots might go better with with the fruit ale because of the sweetness. That's right. It, it might play well with the the spiciness. But the walnuts, I love walnuts anyway, and the walnuts you get that earthiness from the walnut. You know that protein. That uh, texture feeling, you know, the mouthfeel of the nut and the earthiness of the nut. Get a lot of earthiness with this beer because of the, of the, I don't know what it is. It's maybe the coffee. Well, it's everything. It's all the, it's it's all the the roasted and toasted. Yeah. It's just, it's a pretty good pairing. It's all that roasty and toastiness that, that's going to bring up the earthiness and that richness, which is going to. You know, it's just why the beer is dark as it is and has as much fermentable sugar in there because they're roasting it so much to give it that extra flavor, that depth and flavor. So the, so I tried a little bit of the, the oyster, the oyster cheese. I don't see thing. a bite. I, I never said I took a bite <laughs> of it. It does has a, it does have kind of a bigger oyster flavor. What all is in the sauce? So there's oysters. There's so cheese. you have so you start with you make a root so you start with butter two tablespoons of butter two tablespoons of flour just like you start with any kind of root and you let that get its thing done you add some salt you add some pepper you add this Worcestershire sauce you add a half a cup of beer so guess which beer I used this one yes sir and then. If you didn't add the oysters, you would start adding cheese at that point and heavy cream to give it that texture. Now, what I did with the oysters, these were like oysters. I didn't, you know, it was came in a little can and I cut them up into small pieces because I knew right. neither one, one of us needed a full shucked oyster. <laughs> Right. And so I cut them up. I sauteed them in butter with some red pepper. Okay. And then I dried that off, put that in the mixture, added, kept adding cheese until I got it to the right texture. Okay. So there's no extra like spice to it. You didn't add any peppers or anything into it. Salt and pepper. No, peppers. No. The recipe called for two drops of hot sauce. Okay. And you added hot. Did you do it? Uh, no. I okay. added nothing. So. I was I was being a good boy. So the red, the red in there is, is red bell pepper. Yes. Okay. 
So that's that's the some of the heat that I'm getting. It is very very rich and very earthy. Very it hits on that it hits on that umami, um, deep earthy kind of flavor. Mm-hmm. And the beer, uh, the beer kind of sits on top of it. Mm-hmm. It kind of uh, adds a uh, kind of a you know talking about talking about a music it's almost like the same thing just like a couple octaves higher it kind of sits on top and kind of marries marries kind of well together so i would say it a different way food is like the bass clap the beer is like the treble clap and they're working together on the same song well yeah and you know for me not a higher octave well but that is that's in exactly harmony together in well, my that, mind. that's exactly bass clef and treble clef they're octaves apart <laughs> I mean, okay. the te- technically, they're two and a half octaves apart. Anyway, so says the drummer. Okay, Mister Music. Okay, music. Okay, music. People who listen to our podcast, tell me that I'm right. <laughs> He's right that the bass clef is an octave and a half below the treble clef. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna leave it there. But it, for me, it's not. It to me, it's almost not like they're working in harmony. It's almost like they're the same kind of thing. Okay. So they're not like, it's not really, to me, it doesn't taste like one is adding to the other to kind of round it out. It's almost like they're on the same plane running across the same field. It's right. not a bad thing. It's just how they're presenting it. Like one's got that really rich earthy. This one has those higher, those higher roasted. And I get more of the like toasty, creamy side of the beer. Okay. With, I do too. You're, with that pairing. We weren't arguing people. <laughs> Because we never argue. No, no, that we were discussing. I like that pairing, yeah, and yeah. I was real gentle on the oysters. I saw another recipe where you're supposed to use all the oyster water. I know that would be over the top for both of us. <laughs> yeah, I'm very glad you did not. Yeah, I poured that out, and I didn't. You know, it's not a whole. It's not oyster heavy, even though no, it's not. Even though, without the oyster in the scoop you took, the right. oyster's not in there, you still get the flavor. Yeah, the taste is definitely permeated in there. And another one of those big bottom notes is the Worcestershire sauce. Yes. The Worcestershire sauce just adds the, that lovely depth of stuff that I don't think anybody really actually knows what's in Worcestershire sauce. No, it's it's, uh, it's, it's like Tabasco. Garden. Nobody knows the recipe. It's a very, very good secret. But there's only a teaspoon in there. But still, it that's all for Worcestershire. That's a lot. It is. A but teaspoon. this had, you know, eight or nine ounces of cheese in it. Well, yeah. So, but that's a, you know, that's a that's that's. I mean, that, I can under that's a good pairing. It's not one that I would gravitate toward. Maybe if it was made with game, kind of like you said, it's traditionally made with. I was telling Joanne before you got got here. I said. You know, I should have made this rare bit with bacon. <laughs> well, of course, and I did. Yeah. Well, but I think so. Why don't you try the cake while I I kind of give a few more notes on this on this beer? Okay. You know, one of the things these guys say, they say it takes us nine to twelve months to release new styles, and I I honor that. I mean, it's not. Like they want to just slam something out and sell it real quick and get the market. They're in 22 countries. Yeah. So they could do that. 
And they could be selling beer after a week or two. Once, you know, once their brewers kind of got it to the point, they wanted it. You know, Joanne and I read a book, and I I can't remember the name of it, but it was about uh, brewing and a woman brewer in Wisconsin. It's a, it's a fictional story. She's making this beer, and then and then the owner would check her, and he'd go, no, not good enough. Well, he did that 22 times. Wow. Before he finally said, okay, it's good. Well, then he went bank, the place went bankrupt. She bought it. And then later he tells her that she had it on the fifth try. <laughs> he was just messing with her? Well, and, but she got it. Fifth try was good enough. And then 22. So you can imagine how much better it was. Right. And so I think that's what these guys are doing. They're getting it as good as they possibly can. You know, I mean, past 40, they're not slamming out beers every week, but they do have, they used to have that, you know, fresh cut. Maybe they still do. I don't know. I haven't been down there. They haven't haven't really done it since the pandemic. Right. I think that was part of their trial process, though. Exactly. They were trying stuff. Did you try the chocolate? Yeah. And so that flourless chocolate cake is really good. It's really rich. It still stays, you know, quite moist, but it's dry. You know, it's one of those things like it's moist, but it will also just kind of crumble and, and coat your mouth. And then the strawberries that go with it add a nice bright acidity to, to it, which is kind of missing. And then the beer adds a, it's almost like the frosting. It's almost like the frosting of the flourless chocolate cake. It has that like extra sweetness and creamy, creamy, creaminess and feeling. It's almost like. With that, you're eating like a scoop of like chocolate buttercream. Okay. Even though, you know, because flourless chocolate cakes have a lot of fat in them. So, but it has that feeling like the beer to me adds the, adds the creaminess of a frosting, an extra sweetness of a, like a chocolate frosting on top of it. Well, it's basically eggs and chocolate. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's basically all it is. Mm-hmm. And then when we did it with the eight beers around the world, we served French vanilla ice cream. We could have done that. Or we have some heavy cream in the refrigerator that we could whip up and put on top of it. You know, why do that? We got the strawberries. Well, and I also think the beer does that. Like, the beer does the the job of the whipped cream. Mm -hmm. It does the job of the ice cream. Because that's the texture and that's the the feeling that I'm getting when I have the beer with the Mm -hmm. the cake. Plus, it's almost like... I've got the coffee with the cake, with this beer. Yeah. Because it's got that coffee. Mm-hmm. They've perfected. Yeah, it does. It does bring out a lot of the, the richer chocolate mm-hmm. of, of this cake because it's really good. And, I mean, the strawberries are just delicious. Right. Well, you have any questions for me? Um, so, how long have they been around? Does it say when they opened? No, it, it doesn't. And. It's like it's like I told you earlier, is that they talked about a century ago, and then I read another place that it was illegal until 1989. Right. So they've been around a long time, apparently, but just not, probably not exporting for sure. Right. And maybe not to the magnitude. And I never could find anything as to how much. 
how many cases or how many barrels or how many whatevers they're making. Yeah. So I so I had I I found Einstock pretty early, at least what I thought was early in our market. I I enjoy this beer. To me, this beer is an example of the pricing in the craft beer market. Mm-hmm. Because what this six pack costs you probably twelve thirteen dollars thirteen dollars, which to me I I have a hard time paying thirteen dollars for this beer for a okay. six pack. Yeah, like it's a great beer. It's a solid beer. It tastes great. It pairs well as right. we've seen. Right, but I bought this six pack when I first bought it. I think when we were buying it for this event, it was seven ninety nine probably. Maybe seven, eight, nine. Everything's nine. going way up though. Yeah, but it, it's to me, it's I don't know. It just seems exorbitant in amount. Yeah. Because I think you know this the Sam the Samuel Smiths comes in a bottle. It's a it's a it's a five fifty. Yeah. So it's a okay. it's a touch over a half it's a touch over half a liter, and I think it's six bucks. Oh, okay. Six seven bucks. So. Yeah. You know, two of these is a, is a six pack of the Einstein. Well, we we could give them a break because they're located sixty miles south of the Arctic Circle. But this, but Sam Smith has to travel farther. Well, farther, yes, but you know, when that place ice in, I'm not sure how they can get the C one thirties out to even ship. Well, true. <laughs> that's just maybe that's why it takes so long to develop a beer. Well, to that's get to, not to get a beer to market. But I, you know, I I get that, and I get you know, gotta travel a distance. But it's just it's interesting to me to, I guess, be at the point that I am as a drinker, and I'm sure you, you know this because you've been around, you've been drinking a lot longer than I have, to see the pricing, just skyrocket, and I just I think it's been exorbitant in the last you know three or four years mm-hmm. because it really has. The event the event that we did was in October of 2016. Right, and that's it's doubled in price in four years. Oh yeah, which it, to me, it, I don't know. Anyway, that's a whole another tangent, which probably also plays into Arkansas taxes and our you know three level system of alcohol distributing or alcohol sales that we have. Well, that's right. Anyway, so but these are both two two great both beers. really good beers. I do, yeah. and I'm not saying I'm not. I'm not telling you, I'm not saying that about this beer price to say, don't go buy it and try it. Mm-hmm. I think it is worth the buy to try and see what you think about it. If you've got something where you've got, you know, kind of some wild game going on, I think this beer would go well with venison. I think, you know, it's deer season, or deer season's over now, but we're getting into turkey season, wild turkey season. Right. I think this I think this beer would work well with the game because of that extra roasty big like it's a it's a heartier beer. And going into the summer months, I also think it's it's light and it's light enough to drink during the summer yeah. that you're not gonna be overwhelmed by it. Right. And and they're on their tasting notes, they they didn't pick the things that I chose. They're chose they're choosing beefy stuff, you know, to pair with this beer. Yeah. And that's typically what you do with a porter. Right. You know, you know, the oysters, I mean. Well, but it's a, it's a, it's it's a heartier oyster dish. Well, people eat oysters with Guinness. Well, you know. Yeah, but this is, this is, 
this has a lot more depth of flavor than a Guinness does. I think so. But I also think I also don't think Guinness is a good pairing for raw oysters. And I don't think this would be a good pairing for raw oysters. I think like oysters Rockefeller, cooked oysters, big fatty earthy dishes, you know, salmon. I think mm-hmm. salmon in the right preparation would would work really well with this. Barbecue would be fantastic. Yep, that's what they that. they list that. And you know, it's barbecue season in the summer. But this beer doesn't sit on you like some big heavier beers do. Right. So I, you know, definitely give it a try. Just I want you to be informed of how much wh- it's going to cost. How much it's going to cost you? To, like, you know, we try and not do a whole bunch of stuff that's like super duper expensive, or we'd like to give you at least a heads up if you're going to go to the liquor store right. and try with us and go, oh wow, I'm throwing that out there. Is it even worth it? Well, the wee heavy probably doesn't cost you more, and it's got eight percent alcohol. So that's, you know, that's what you're, you're going to get the wee heavy at that point. <laughs> I would love, I actually haven't tried their wee heavy. I, would, I, I think it's going to be really, I started really good. It. Wait, they have it here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ooh, was yeah. it the same price? I didn't notice. Okay. Well, it's probably maybe the same price, but it might be in a four pack. Uh, I don't think so. I was looking in the case and it, I think it's in a six pack and I'm looking, I had to ask where the four was and they had it back in the cooler. Okay, cool. All right. You well, have anything uh, best on plate? Well, that's, I think. You're I'll, ready for that. I'm ready for best on plate because I was actually about to ask you the same thing. So let's start with your plate. Flourless chocolate cake. That's best on plate for me. That's the, the frosting, the, the, the adding of the, it's like an added frosting to it, which I think was fantastic. I could say best on plate was the chocolate flourless cake, but I, I really enjoyed the cheesy oyster dish because of what it was right and because it did pair well and the you know chocolate flourless cake yeah you can have that with anything <laughs> i mean you you could have that with you could have that with spark you could have that with sparkling couldn't you uh champagne yeah. rosé whatever whatever you want i All don't right. want i don't want to have it with bud light but i mean you know I had that Bud Light Platinum. You drank it blind. I did. Uh-oh. <laughs> Here we go. So, uh, what about on my plate? What was best on plate? On your plate, I think the best was the pot sticker. Okay. Yeah, with the sauce. I liked, the, I liked it best with the sauce. But it, that was a surprising beer to me. Yeah. I really like that strawberry. Mm-hmm. I had to look that one up. Sullivan's. Okay. That's, well, where, that's where I bought mine. Okay. And what was the price? I think it's like five ninety nine, five six ninety nine, or a five fifty. One of the bombers. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Not qu- well. No, it's not called a bomber. It's called a. It's like a half. It's yeah, like a pint. It's like a pint plus or something. Yeah, whatever it is. I my sweet tooth must just be kicking in because I thought the palmier was the best. Okay. I love that play of it being like I had strawberries with it. It really did was. It. That was a great play um, and very. Close, very closely followed by the pot sticker. That was that very, was, yeah, it's a good play. That was really good. Well, I've got a blind for you. Uh oh. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. All right, let's get it poured up. Okay. All right, Dad, I got you poured up. Tell us, uh, what are you using again as your tasting sheet? It's called the deductive beer tasting method, tasting grid. All right. Well, this is a dark beer. Can't see through it at all. It's got a, uh, how long ago did you pour it, Josh, just now? Mm-hmm. Oh, the head's almost gone already. 
The glasses were kind of wet on the inside, so that oh, maybe, were they? Okay. That might be part my of it. My bad. All right, so it's it's almost black. It's got a light meniscus going out to uh, the edge, sort of tan on the edge, but quite dark. I don't see any sediment because you can't see through it. It's uh, foam colors white. What little is left. Head retention. Dang near not present. It's pretty cold, so maybe that's okay. Yeah, there's no nitrogen in it that I can tell. The aromatic. Oh, geez, Josh. Next to nothing. Wow. Okay. So, I don't get any... I don't get any nuts. Spin it around, spin it around in your glass some. Hmm? Yeah. Spin it around. Open it up some. Because like you said, it is kind of cold and the glass is kind of deep and wet. All right. That helped a little. I've got some nuts now. But uh, I don't get any floral. I don't get any fruit. Yeah, no fruit. No real spice. No animal. Earth. Wow. So I think I'll get a little taste now. Got a good little sweetness to it. Bitterness. A little bit of bitterness on the back end. Yeah. A little, uh, maybe a little acidity. Okay, what about that perceived bitterness, Josh? Well, how does it taste mm. to you? How bitter does it taste to you? Not very bitter at all. So a little bit of salt. The finish seems to be like a medium. The fullness of the beer, it's, I'd say it's medium plus. Let me try it again. Okay, you can I swish it around, op- open it up in your mouth. So a little bit of salt, a little bit of acid. And when I swish it around, I get a little brown head. That's really the color. What about when you kind of chew it, chew it in your mouth? Do you get any different flavors than what you've already talked about? Even in like the malty or the fruity or the floral? Maybe a little bit of floral. I'm trying to perceive what maybe that was. Does it taste roasty? Roasty at all to you? Uh, Maybe there's a slight roastiness. Tastes roasty to you? Does it taste more roasty or more floral to you? Definitely more roasty. Okay. So, I think it's a balanced beer. It's uh, ABV. I don't know. That's really hard to perceive, you know? Because this, this beer, this toasted porter was six. This might be in that same range. Okay. So, let's start figuring out what it is. Is it hop driven or malt driven, or other, or other, or is it sour? I think it's hop driven. No, I think it's malt driven. Okay, so I don't, th- I don't think it's sour based on the color. Now look at the color. What do you what What can we start saying it's not? Well, based on the color. Okay, it's it's not a pilsner. Okay, what else? It's it's not a Bud Light. Okay. It's not a pale ale. Okay. Is it a Bach? Don't think so. Okay. 
It's not. It's not really sweet enough to no, be a box. No, it's not sweet enough. It's not a red ale. Wrong not color. A, no, it's not a red ale. Okay, so what are we down to? So we're down to maybe a porter, a stout, maybe a nut brown. Okay. It's not a red ale. Okay. Give it another good good taste and think, and not looking at the sheet and just give us give us what you think it is. So if I was to say. It's not. It's not a pilsner. It's not. So basically, it's so not a, we're already down all those knots. I'm. I'm leaning toward not a porter, not a stout, but a nut brown. Okay. Now, and I said about six percent. That sounds about right. Okay. So it's a nut. You think it's a nut brown ale? That that's right around a normal six percent. Around six percent. Yeah. That's All what right. I'm thinking it All is. All right. Sounds great. Well, All right. you know, before we get into what we're going to do next week, I want to give a shout out to the Beer Avengers. Love to give them shouts out on our beer episodes, but especially this week. So we're recording this a couple weeks before this episode actually comes out. And I was actually able to be a guest on one of the Beer Avengers show. Is that right, Josh? Yeah. And it actually, so it aired on May 3rd. It aired on May 3rd, and it was so much fun to be on the episode with those guys and just kind of sit and chill and drink beer and crack them open and and talk about it. And they, they're they such a great podcast. If you love beer, if you listen to Did you to, get some good crack? So my bottle was a cap. So oh, it's I hard to get a good so crack I didn't have, I didn't have a uh, I didn't have a crack on, on mine, but there were some good ones in the show. Uh, I had a... You know, on the show with me at that time was Belgian Belgian Babe, mm-hmm. who is our connection into the show, and the Captain Porter Brown Stout, mm-hmm. and the Beer Wonder. They yeah. were just they were so much fun to have on, and we're actually going to look at you know possibly having them on our show, and just to have a good time and hang out because it was it was lots of fun. And so if you love our beer episodes or you just think you know you want to check out another great podcast, go check out the Beer Avengers. It's like Avengers, like the superheroes, but beer Avengers. We're the beer, beer, beer Avengers. Yeah, so they're on all the podcast platforms. They're on Instagram. Go check them out on Instagram as well. And I might, by the time this comes out, have my own beer Avenger name. I mean, after just having a conversation with Dad, already has his. What? (laughs) I told my origin story. And they couldn't quite come up with one, so check out their Instagram. There may be a little poll that it may still be going on, may not. <laughs> by the time this comes out, and check out what my uh, my new beer avenger name is, and who knows, maybe a, a secret episode will drop, and then maybe that episode will secretly drop on our on our platform. Just to give a watch out to the socials for that. All right. So, Dad, what are we going to do next week? We're going to do liquor mixers. Isn't that what we said? Or we say, uh, we said liqueurs. That's kind of a mixer. Yeah. I'm going to do Grand Marnier. Okay. That's a good standby. We, uh, I've told stories about it before. It's, uh, really a good one. It's not one I normally taste straight, Mm -hmm. but that's what we'll be doing. And I'll have to figure out some food to go with it. There may be a French influence. So that's what I'm doing. Grand Marnier. Can we do in Grand Marnier? All right. I want to do Salerno. I talk a lot about Salerno. It's That's blood, right. You do. Blood orange liqueur. So I'm going to be doing Salerno and it's going to be, it's going to be a great time. 
I, th- I mean, at least I think it's going to be a good time. Oh, uh, we'll have fun. Yeah, you have to come back next week and f- figure out if Dad was right on his on his beer, and it's just going to be a lot of good time. Thank you for those for everyone who comes and listens to us. Don't forget to give us a follow, a like, a mention. You know, on all the podcast platforms. If you like what we're doing, give us a review if you can on your podcast platform or. If you have it, jump over to iTunes and give us a review there. Uh, we'd love to see those, and we love talking to you guys. And on. if you're listening and you're from St. Martin, I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, I talked to a lot of people that seemed excited about it. Yeah, we've had a couple more. Uh, we've had a couple more countries come online. You know, seeing I saw Russia jump in this last oh, really? couple of weeks, Whoa. so it's been it's been really cool to see. And you know, like I said, reach out to us on all the on socials. We're in, we're at Acquired Tastings on Instagram. And on Twitter, we're Acquired Tastings on Facebook, but we are most active on Instagram. So, uh, it's a good episode, Dad. I enjoyed it. Yeah, so uh, thank you guys for coming in, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, and goodbye.